Bible says that those who believe in Jesus Christ are righteous. But how come I don't always feel righteous? And what does being righteous even mean? That's what we'll be talking about today on Truth and Knowledge. My name is Pastor Jordan Fowler. talk this morning is entitled The Obedience of One. The Obedience of One. This is truth and knowledge. A man named Adolf Eichmann was tried and executed in 1961 for his part in organizing the Holocaust, in which over six million people were murdered. Eichmann was a logistical genius whose part was planning the most efficient collection transportation, and execution of those who were killed. At his trial, he expressed surprise at being hated for following orders. Weren't following orders a good thing? In fact, in his jail diary, he wrote, The orders were for me the highest thing in my life, and I had to obey them without question. The interesting thing was he was declared sane by six psychiatrists. He had a normal family life, and observers at his trial described him as, well, average. Yet, because of this one man's obedience, millions were killed in a most inhumane way. But the Bible tells us of another man and his obedience, and that man was Jesus Christ. And because of his obedience, millions will be saved and will be given eternal life. In Romans 5.18, it says, So then, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men. Even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification, which gave life to all men. You see, transgression is sin. When sin came in, we became sinners because we partook in sin. But likewise, because of what Jesus did in obeying the law, we can partake of his righteousness. Just as we chose to partake in sin, we can also choose to partake in his righteousness. And when we do so, when we acknowledge what Christ has done for us, that results in what this verse tells us is justification. Now, what is justification? An easy, simplified answer would would be justification is just as if I never sinned. When we give our hearts to Christ, he justifies us. That means he changes us and he looks at us as if we never sinned. So that takes care of our present and our past. But what about our future? 
What about this impulse we have? What about our fallen human nature that still has a desire to sin? So God gave us justification. He changed us. But the verse continues in Romans 5.19. For as through one man's disobedience, that one man was Adam, many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of one, Jesus Christ, many will be made righteous. So through the obedience of Jesus Christ, we will be made righteous. Now, if you ask a Christian, why did Jesus die? What will the answer be? To forgive my sins? Is that correct? Yes. To save me from the consequences of sin? Yes. But that's only half the gospel. You see, we're not saved from what we did, but we're saved from not continuing to do what we did. We are being made righteous. So how many people feel righteous? Well, I have to say, I don't always feel righteous. Because we go on feelings. But the Bible tells us we're not to be righteous by feelings. We're righteous by faith. So what does that mean? Righteousness by faith. I like the way Paul puts it in Romans 4, 8, and 9. He says, happy is the man to whom the Lord does not attribute sin. Does that make you happy when you're not considered to be a sinner by God? Absolutely. But is this happiness only for one group of people? Paul asked this question, is this happiness for the circumcised only or for the non-circumcised also? We say that Abraham's faith was regarded by God as righteousness. Now, what Paul is saying is that this happiness is for everybody. And then he uses the example of Abraham. Why Abraham? Well, Abraham is a perfect example for Paul. Because Abraham was both uncircumcised and circumcised. In fact, he was the first person to be circumcised. Circumcision was just a symbol of someone's uh, desire to give their heart to God. God called a certain people to become circumcised. And so Abraham was at both times a Gentile and a Jew. In fact, he was the first to be considered uh, a Jew or Hebrew. So what are the things that made Abraham righteous? We say that Abraham's faith was regarded by God as righteousness. So what is it that Abraham did that caused him to be considered by God as being righteous? We're going to look at three different things that Abraham did to be considered by God to be righteous. The first is Abraham believed. Abraham believed. In Galatians 3, 6, it says Abraham believed God and his faith was regarded as righteousness. Now, let me ask you something. God told Abraham he was going to make him into a great nation. When God made that promise, did he then give him everything that made Abraham a great nation at that moment? 
that God said he would? No, he didn't. He gave Abraham a promise. Now, did Abraham waver? Yes, several times. He lied. He married his wife's handmaiden. He made many different mistakes, but he always stuck with God, and he always believed what God said. And the same is with our righteousness. When God declares us to be righteous, that doesn't mean immediately our our fallen human nature is transformed and everything we do is righteousness all the time. It means that God is doing a work in us, that he's working in us, that he's changing us. And I want to kind of describe this in, in, in a way that has two parts. There's two kinds of righteousness. There is imparted righteousness and imputed righteousness. Imputed righteousness means that God gives it to us. He assigns it to us. When we accept Jesus Christ, we become righteous. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is our righteousness. That is something he gives us. And imparted righteousness means that he imparts his ability to do the right thing into us. But that takes time. We don't immediately get that. We get that over our relationship with Jesus Christ. As we grow in him, every day we're given more and more of the ability to be righteous. And a simple definition for righteousness is the ability to do the right thing. The ability to do the right thing. We don't always do the right thing, but every day he's giving us more and more of that ability. Every day we stick close to him. We're forgetting and we're we're uh, rejecting what we had before, which was our unrighteousness and our um, desire to do the wrong thing. And we're choosing day by day to be close to him and to do the right thing. So I don't want you to look at yourself and how unlike him you are, but rather look at what he has promised you and trust in him. Don't look at yourself. Look to Jesus Christ. In 2 Peter 1.4, it says, By his glory and virtue, we have been given exceedingly great and precious promises through which we may be partakers of the divine nature. So we can be partakers of his nature by believing in the promises. Now, if you say to yourself, well, I, I've be, recently become a Christian or I'm thinking about becoming a Christian and yet I don't feel righteous. Well, there's a couple reasons for that. Um, either you don't realize that righteousness is what God wants to do for you. It's what he wants to uh, um, accomplish in you or you don't really believe him. And to be honest, that's okay. It's okay to not believe. A partaker is a partner or one who shares. The divine righteousness is bestowed through faith in Jesus Christ upon all who without distinction who believe in him. So God gives us divine righteousness, all those who believe in Jesus Christ. And earlier I said, if you don't believe, that's okay. 
There's a story in the Bible where Jesus went to go heal a, a demoniac's a, a, a young boy who was possessed with the demon. And the father had gone to the apostles and they couldn't deliver the demon out of the boy. And so the man came to Jesus and he says, Jesus, if you could heal my son, would you do it? And Jesus said, I can do if if you believe. The man said, if to Jesus, and Jesus said, I can do it if you believe. And the man said something very powerful. He said, help thou my unbelief. Meaning he wasn't quite at that point. He wasn't quite at that point. He had been disappointed by the apostles. He wasn't quite at the point where he could believe fully that Jesus was able to do what Jesus said he could do. And so he said, help my unbelief. Jesus, give me the ability to believe in you. And that's what we can ask for is, Jesus, help me to believe that you are not only consider me to be righteous, but that you're also making me righteous. So the second thing Abraham did, the first thing was Abraham believed. He believed what God said. The second thing that Abraham did was that he obeyed. He obeyed. Now, a lot of, a lot of times today, we don't put much emphasis on obedience. We don't think that it's necessary. Uh, a lot of people say, well, if you believe and you're baptized, then that's all it takes. But the Bible says that obedience is necessary. Hebrews 11.8 says it was faith that enabled Abraham to obey the call that he received. So his faith caused him to believe, but his faith also caused him to obey the call that he received and to set out for the place which he would afterwards to obtain as his own. And he set out not knowing where he was going. When God first called Abraham, he just said, Abraham, I want you to go to a place. And I'm not going to tell you where it is. I just need you to go. And Abraham, not knowing where to go, but he was willingly obedient to God. He was willingly obedient. He obeyed God. Romans 6.16 says it like this. Surely, you know that when you offer yourselves as servants to obey anyone, you are the servant of the person whom you obey, whether the service be that of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. It's not obedience in itself that makes us righteous, but rather the one whom we obey. The one whom we obey. I always tell people this. This verse in Romans 6.16 says that you are a servant. Actually, the, the Greek word is slave. The Bible doesn't say we get a choice whether or not to be a slave. The Bible says you are a slave. The choice you get is to choose your master. The choice you get is to choose your master. So whether you choose Satan and sin... Well, that will lead to death. Or you can choose to serve Jesus Christ. You can choose to be a slave to God and be obedient. And that will lead to righteousness. Obedience doesn't make us righteous. Rather, it's the one whom we obey who makes us righteous. It's not what we do, but who we serve. 
The third thing that Abraham did was he believed, he obeyed, and the third thing that Abraham did was Abraham sacrificed. Every athlete in the world understands what sacrifice means. It means that sometimes maybe you don't get to go and do that thing your friends are doing or spend that time with your family because you are dedicating yourself to training. Anyone that's become a doctor or 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 done a, a lot of education understands what sacrifice means. And so sacrifice isn't this idea that's only in the Bible. We understand it in the world. But Abraham did something special when he sacrificed. In James 2.21, it says, Look at our ancestor Abraham. Wasn't it the result of his actions that he was pronounced righteous after he had offered his son Isaac on the altar? Now, God had called Isaac, uh, sorry, God had called Abraham to offer his son Isaac. So this is the son that he had promised, the son that was going to help him to become the, the father of many generations, right? The father of the faithful. And yet God asked him for this, uh, this son to be sacrificed. And Abraham was willing. Abraham knew. If you go and you read the story, uh, Isaac says to his father, we have the wood, we have the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham says to him, the Lord will provide himself to be a sacrifice or will provide for himself a sacrifice. So the Lord is the one who provides the sacrifice. So even when we think we're sacrificing something of this world or something that 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 we don't want to, the Bible tells us really it's truly God who provides for the sacrifice. Just because you have to give up something else, God is going to give you something better. There's nothing in my life that I've ever given up that God didn't give me something better. Something to take its place. Something more holy. Something more pure. Something better than what this world had to offer to begin with. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son. Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Through Jesus, let us offer as our sacrifice continual praise to God, an offering from lips that glorify his name. So part of our sacrifice is our prayer. Part of our sacrifice is offering glory to God, to speaking about God instead of the things of this world. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says God has power to shower all kinds of blessings upon you. So you have all you need that under all circumstances and on all occasions, you may be able to shower all kinds of benefits on others. God gives us things. God gives us opportunities. God gives us money. God gives us Whatever it is we may have, God gives us these things so that we can use them to be a blessing to others. They're not for selfish gain. They're not for our own um, uh, way to, to make ourselves feel better or look better or try to convince ourselves that we are better than others. Rather, God gives us these things to be a blessing to others. So what did Abraham do 
that caused him to be called righteous by God. He did three things. He believed, he obeyed, and he sacrificed. And because of those things, God showered Abraham with blessings. Blessings that he was be, he was then able to use to be a blessing to others. Romans 5.19 For as through the one man's disobedience, Adam, many were made sinners. Even so, through the obedience of one, Jesus, many will be made righteous. When we believe in Jesus Christ, when we give him our heart, when we ask him to come into our lives to change us, he gives us his righteousness. He imputes his perfectness to us. That takes care of our past and our present. And then he gives us day by day the ability to act righteously. Every day that we draw close to him, every day that we pray, every day that we spend time with him, we become like him. We become like him and we are able to be more righteous, to do the things that he does. Righteous is not a feeling. When we think about our lives, when we look back and we think about all the things that we've done, we don't feel righteous. But that's okay. The Bible doesn't say you have to feel righteous. The Bible says just believe that you are and your heart will be changed. And I hope you make that choice today to believe in Jesus Christ, that he may change your heart and that he make you righteous. God bless you.